I'm Ali and thank you for joining the People Puzzles podcast. Every episode we share stories, examples and our learnings to help you unravel the people puzzles in your business. I started People Puzzles over a decade ago because I really believe that when you have the right people doing the right stuff, your business can really thrive. And most business leaders really appreciate having a trusted people expert to help them get it right. I've worked with over 100 small and mid-sized businesses and at People Puzzles we have over 80 portfolio people directors helping businesses to thrive across the UK. This week I'm delighted to have Emma Hatto with me, the co-founder and chief commercial officer of Thrive. Emma, thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me, Ali. So can you kick us off by telling us a little bit about Thrive? Yeah, of course. So we actually launched Thrive in 2020 um, with a mission to give small and medium-sized businesses the tools to be much more data-driven in the decisions that they're making about people. Um, I'm sure you probably know this, but the cost of one bad hire for an SME is around 30 to 50,000 pounds. But still, we were finding that SMEs are using very traditional methods um, when it comes to recruitment. They're often biased and aren't actually very predictive when it comes to job success. So we started to look around at what the larger businesses were doing, and we soon saw that they had access to psychologists. They were using things like psychometric assessments to help benchmark their candidates and their employees. But that model didn't really fit with SMEs who needed something very quick and easy, but also reliable to use and and actually something quite cost effective. So that's where the idea came from. And in 2020, we launched Thrive, which is a technology platform that gives small and medium-sized businesses access to scientific personality and ability assessments, which they can then use um, to assess candidates coming through their recruitment pipeline. So making sure that SMEs have the data that's required to make the right hiring decisions. Since then, we've actually diversified and the platforms used for um, assessing employee behaviour to help them decide what areas to upskill. Um, to actually assess culture as well um, within the organisation that helps make positive changes. And then also we have an active database of thousands of candidates that are all pre-assessed and ready to um, be interviewed, which we uh, give our customers access to as well. So just to sort of summarise that, um, we're actually used by over 500 businesses globally now. Um, Some of the businesses that we work with, names that people would know are Vitacoco, McLaren's racing team, and we have a big tech company, um, sorry, some big tech companies in the US as well. Um, Superside being kind of a, a big name over there. That sounds brilliant. What I love is when the the offerings that are available for big corporates and things that small businesses can never normally afford or sort of it's so big you don't know how to bring it into your business or how to use that someone clever takes things that have previously been unavailable and then makes it really cost effective and really easy to use for smaller businesses that need just the same quality of people, just the same level of service. Um, It sort of takes it down to the level where everybody can use it. So that is really fantastic. So why did you get into this business? How did that journey of starting a tech business happen for you? Yeah, so um, I have a fairly interesting background in that uh, I kind of came into the kind of commercial side of tech through a different route. So um, previous to Thrive, I actually run a recruitment business. Uh, we focus very much in the tech and the, the finance space, and we were providing a 
senior executive assistants and chiefs of staff into that space. Um, one of the things that we did within that recruitment business was try to test the candidates coming through our recruitment pipeline so that we could provide more data to the clients that we had and not just focus on the CV. That was a really difficult journey as um, a small business because, as I mentioned, it was all the enterprise businesses that had access to this kind of like quality of data. So we just started to build our own assessments that we thought, you know, would at least give clients something to be able to work off. Um, I then met Charlie, who uh, founded Thrive originally, who was building this and had kind of got, gone away and done that research. And he'd also been with, within a recruitment tech company previously. And he told me what he was trying to achieve. And it just felt like it really fitted into what I had been doing previously. And I saw this huge gap in the market for small and medium-sized businesses to have access to this this level um, of technology. I've also kind of just in terms of, of my own personal mission, I think that the HR and recruitment industry still has so much modernizing to, to do. Um, and I really could see that, you know, more technology, uh, more efficient ways for smaller businesses to be able to do things is kind of where the future was within this space. So it's really important for me to, you know, join a, a company and, and launch a company that kind of was aligned to that mission. It's interesting because I think a lot of people in small businesses still sometimes hire based on just a simple gut reaction and whether they like somebody when they walk through the door, whether they've got some big names on their CV or they work for a competitor. And it's really great to hear about businesses that are trying to sort of upskill and give people more tools. And I love you talking about data-driven decisions have you got any reflections on that SME market? Am I being unfair on it? Do you think that people are getting better at taking the whole picture when it comes to selecting candidates? I think they're getting better. I still don't think that we're where we should be. And that's no fault of the SME market. I think it's just because there hasn't been any other way to do it up until more recently. The only way to hire was to do traditional interviews and look at CVs and, and look at references. There was no other data source to be able to, to look at. I don't even know whether people are actually looking for that, to be honest. You know, we very much have to come in and educate the market as to why this is important to do it in the first place and how it's going to help you not be biased within that recruitment process, but ultimately make better people decisions either at the in the recruitment stage or further along in the employee life cycle. So yeah, I think that it's definitely something that's getting better. But I don't think that we're we're quite there in terms of how we how we're using that at the moment. You know, Thrive saying you've got 500 businesses using it is great and definitely a step in the right direction. But you know, we know already just in the UK that there's thousands of other businesses that could be could be using that. Thank you very much. It's interesting, Emma, because you describe yourself on LinkedIn as a business leader driving growth and relentless to the mission. Can you give us a bit of insight into what you mean by your mission at Thrive? Yeah, so I think um, sort of my own sort of relentless to the mission stories is is tied into the Thrive. Um, I come from a family of business owners, um, and it's used upon, but I've always kind of thrived of being in, in and amongst the action and kind of hearing about the highs and lows over the dinner table every night watching how my parents have kind of grown businesses and been relentless to, to the mission. So kind of leaving education, I always knew that that was something that I wanted to be in. I didn't know where, but um, I wanted something, a position that was going to kind of support others and at the same time kind of drive growth. It's actually one of our values, um, relentless to, to the mission here. 
Um, and so it's it's an interesting um, how that then ties into our mission as well. I think people are the most important part of any organisation, um, yet they're the, the least understood, which uh, results in lots of poor decisions being made, as we've just discussed. So our mission is to use data, advanced technology and insights to accurately measure and predict people's behaviour. But our vision is to radically improve the understanding and measurement of behaviour in the workplace um, and to tr transform that, that performance. Um, so internally, I think as we sort of are working together passionately as one to kind of achieve this mission and vision um, and to kind of dominate our, our domain and, and hopefully celebrate achievements and, and kind of company success together. That's kind of what we mean as, you know, relentless to the mission within Thrive. So relentless, that is an interesting word. And thank you for explaining it a little bit. Do you ever see that there's a, I don't know, sort of another side to that in your in your values? Does it ever feel like it can be word that used against you? Um, from a personal point of view, potentially, and I've definitely learned the hard way as to kind of the wrong side of, of relentless. I think for me, uh, especially for having founded a few businesses now, it's very difficult for me to put in, you know, 100% of the, the work. It has to be that 150% all times. Um, and so for me, that kind of that personal goal is very much about how I'm going to put everything into achieving um, something which is either personal or, or within the business. Um, so, yeah, I think it's probably more intense than it sounds, but I'm definitely on the positive side of, of the word relentless. Brilliant. And we all love hearing about other people's mistakes, particularly when we see such great success. Is there anything that you can tell us, a, a mistake that you've made, uh, something that you've learned from, something that maybe we can learn from? Yeah, I think the great thing for me about being in startups and launching startups is, is that it's actually okay to make mistakes. And if you make mistakes, you're actually going to end up in a much better position. And so we make mistakes all the time. And, you know, every business that I've worked in, that, you know, been in the sort of stage that we're at now at Thrive, whether that's product mistakes, previous to Thrive hiring mistakes, and, you know, people mistakes that we're probably trying to uh, not to do now. Um, but certainly, I think the thing that I've learned the most is when I started my first business, I was in my mid-20s. I think the biggest mistake that I meant was thinking that I had this service and solution that was going to come in and dominate the market um, and take away all the business from my competitors, you know, from, from scratch and um, start this and have this sort of profitable team and, and, um, and business. And I think the thing that I learned the most was it's not just the enthusiasm that's going to get you places, but actually having a really good network of people around you that have been there and done it before that you can turn to. And, you know, moments where you're panicking or, you know, great moments that you want to celebrate and you want to sort of see what the next step should be after that. Uh, and having those people there that you can you can seek that guidance too. So I think keep making mistakes. Just make sure that you've got the right people around you to you know support you when those mistakes do happen. Yeah, that's really helpful. I have definitely made my fair share as well. And it's interesting. We've got a business mentor at People Puzzles and he always says to us, there's nothing that a few client wins don't fix. And uh, yeah. he's right, isn't he? I mean, it is definitely easy to go down rabbit holes and spend time and money on the wrong things. But if you can keep your eyes on that purpose and how to make clients happy, it's a good Yeah. Break. I think as well, it's very much listening to your client base. So, you know, there's no point building, especially in our world of technology, building products that you think are great if your customers aren't going to be using them. So having that kind of constant feedback loop of, you know, is the service that we're providing or the product or the platform that we're providing 
actually what our customers want and even if it is like what else do they want what else are they going out to buy or look for or what service are they trying to um to, to get from their service providers and asking those questions constantly throughout their life cycle with you is just going to help you be able to keep improving in the product and not just having that kind of very narrow-minded view of you know this is why we're a great product everybody should should buy it it's, you know what's happening in the market and how can we use that to keep improving yeah that's really good advice there's nothing as good as listening to what how people are really using your service and how it can be better. Yes. And it's interesting because the story about the cobbler's children that have no shoes is a good cautionary tale and one that we think quite often about at People Puzzles. How do you take Thrive's mission to elevate the workforce in your business? Really good question. Um, and it's an answer that I'm actually quite proud of. But I don't think we could kind of sell a cultural performance and recruitment tool with actually, without actually having kind of used it to its full benefit. Um, so I think the first thing that we do, which I think has really made a difference here at Thrive, is one of our account executives who's been here with us for a couple of years now. Um, he's actually also our head of culture. So his role outside of his account exec role is to make sure that the staff here feel comfortable in their working environment. Um, he has somebody, or they have somebody away from the management team that they can talk to, they can give feedback to, and they can ask questions to, etc. And a lot of our team are actually virtual. So he has that really tough job of creating that culture that's very inclusive and collaborative and respectful, um, even though we're not actually in the same room as one another. So the first thing is you know, having that person there that, that people can turn to and that can make sure that people are respecting the values that we have in place. For me, is kind of the most, one of the most important um, parts of the culture here at Thrive. I think in terms of how do we actually use the tool that, um, that our clients are using, we do we run a workforce planning and exercise every year um, using our employee performance tool. So what that means is we actually assess everybody that's in the business on our critical behaviour traits to see how aligned they are to the traits that we deem important within the business. And then the results of those assessments show us kind of the big behavior gaps within the business. And um, we also look at that on a team level. So we can break it down by team and see, okay, where do we need to focus on to improve behavior over time in the next, say, 12 months? And then we also look at it on an individual basis. So managers just have the tools that they need to be able to make those improvements, work with individuals on behaviors that are going to help them become, say, future leaders in the business or just elevate them in their kind of current role. So that kind of exercise that happens um, once a year just really means that we've got really good focus from an individual team and business level and kind of our upskilling planning. And I should mention as well, you know, we are a very small team as well. You know, we're only sort of 35 to 40 people. So what I've just said, I think sometimes feels like a really big business thing to do. Um, but, you know, by using technology, it means that you can streamline that process and, and make it really quick and, and manageable for managers as well. And of course, we wouldn't hire anybody into the team without actually putting them through our candidate assessment as well. Um, the results have definitely stopped us making some bad hires. And, and as I said before, this is a tool that I really wish that I'd had in previous roles. Um, but it's also just opened up really good conversations with candidates. So it's helped us dig into areas that might come across as a risk, areas that they feel that they need more support in once they're actually in the business. So it's just given us as, a, as an SME that confidence that we're making those right hiring decisions and, and therefore bringing the right people into the business. Yeah, that's brilliant. And when you first met your co-founder, did you do some 
typing on them? Did you put them through their paces and uh, see how well you might work together? Yeah, it's interesting. I think the the assessment results at the beginning of our um, founder relationship def- definitely helped us work together. Um, we, we, we've got very different skill sets and personality traits and that's, you know, supported the kind of growth of the business there. That's right. Yeah, that's brilliant. I mean, you know, I'm a massive fan of profiling and using it in recruitment and using it in building teams. And, you know, people can present, particularly an interview, in the way that they think you want them to be, the way that they think that what you're looking for, and actually to be able to get under the skin of somebody, it just transforms the conversation. And um, yeah, I, I encourage everybody who's in recruitment or hiring people or developing teams to try and find out more about people and these personality and predictive behavior tests are brilliant and i think the one that i picked out from your site that i just haven't seen before is that commercial mindset um what do you call it a factor yeah so that behavior trait so kind of do you have kind of commercial mindset and 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 people think of that you know as a commercial leader in the business people think of that as the commercial team but it shouldn't just be the commercial team you know in technology that should be the tech team it should be the psychologist it should be everybody that's you know, driving the growth of a, of a, a small business and um, so being able to assess that and actually that's a really interesting trait that kind of came up through our, our team when we last did the workforce planning exercise and seeing you know it is a very commercial team trait but now having been able to kind of upskill other people within the business on on that means that you know that's actually changed a lot in terms of how we decide what technology we're going to release or you know what new assessments we're going to be bringing out etc yeah and I, it's interesting at the beginning you mentioned that your family are business owners because I feel a bit like you know if you're if your parents have um had I mean you know teachers and nurses and some of the things that are amazing professions but don't have that commercial edge maybe in the same way I feel like as a kid you grow up not hearing any of those things I mean my dad was a vicar and my mum was a nurse and but my granddad was an FD and I think somehow that always inspired me. And I think hearing uh, commercial conversations from an early age really does make a massive difference to how people's outlook is and understanding money and, um, you know, how systems work and how money flows through systems. It's something that I really, you can tell, I better shut up now, but something that I think makes a huge difference to how well businesses work when you've got people who understand money in the organization not just money of course but profit and margin and all those things that the candidates on the apprentice never seem to have any idea about yeah definitely and remember you know someone like you who've been involved in those conversations that comes naturally to them and that's great and that means you know you're obviously a very successful business owner it doesn't come naturally to, to everybody as you just mentioned but it is a behavior that we can learn we can train ourselves to be more aware of so if you have people within your team that don't necessarily have that commercial mindset, it's about what do you then do to start improving that and just to make them more aware of it so that they can improve in that area. And they don't have to be a salesperson or a business leader to, to need that in the future. That's something that's always going to be you know, with them and they'll be able to use. Yeah, brilliant. Well, we better send everybody out and bargain hunt or something and get their <laughs> or maybe find a better way to do it in the in the work environment. Brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. So, look, Emma, just to end, have you got any top tips to share with us, any sort of nuggets that you've learned over these couple of businesses that you've been running and over the years of running Thrive? 
Yeah, I think I'm going to end on sort of a HR note here. So really thinking about the HR space, as I mentioned at the beginning, I still think that there's a really long way to go when it comes to modernizing HR um, to help it become more user-friendly and data-driven and, and much more kind of personalized as the tech that we use, you know, every day in our, in our own daily and personal um, lives. So even my top tip here is to embrace that modern HR and the HR tech. Um, because I really do believe that it can transform human resources from a necessary function into a much more strategic powerhouse um, that attracts and retains top talent and fosters inclusivity and really drives organisation for success. So I think, you know, embrace it and let's all kind of do it together and, and see that change. Yeah, that's really encouraging because as business leaders, we all know the difference between somebody who ends up being a great hire and, you know, a square peg in a square hole and really fits us versus somebody who isn't right. And if we can make better decisions because we're embracing tech, I mean, we all embrace it in our private lives. We all embrace it all the time. And to pull it into this whole area of people and uh, getting people in the right jobs and getting the right development and understanding them and building teams is absolutely what we should be doing so thank you so much for coming on today thank you for sharing your wisdom and your learnings with us and telling us about your mistakes and uh, if you want to contact emma do get onto linkedin um, we're going to share her company details um, on the website and um, you'll see more of emma and get your hr tech um, brain switched on thank you emma for joining us thanks Ali.